Father, I thank you today that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lord, I thank you today that we're here in this place, God, Lord, and that whatever the stuff that we've got going on in our lives, that we can just bring before you, that you are above all things, that you are the authority above all things, Jesus. Lord, I thank you today that sickness here in this place is going to have to get out. Lord, I thank you today that you're stirring in the hearts of your sons and daughters in this place a new reality, a deeper reality, maybe a a remembrance to an old reality that they are your children, they are your family at this time, in this season, in this generation, in this location. That you work through us, God. And Lord, I just pray today as we begin to build strong foundations in our lives that we step out of here more confident in you than fearful of our inability, God. Lord, do a work in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and fill each of, each of us afresh and witness to each of us, just as I speak, God. Witness to each of us wherever we're at, Lord. Challenge each of us in the amount, in the amount that we could be challenged, God. Give us opportunities in our week, Lord that we would begin to step into this new kind of normal, walking in the supernatural, walking in healing and miracles, not for the sake of a sign or a sake of the spectacular, but because we are in the presence of you, God. Let our eyes from this not be fixed on the stuff, but more fixed on you. In your beautiful and awesome name, God. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're done. So, that was like a sermon notice. Um, so, actually, before I start, sorry, there was one other notice that wasn't written down. Jess had a, a word just within that, that, so, that somebody here has bad t- toothache. Potentially, there's, uh, potentially you've got it on the podcast, but um, that someone here has very bad toothache. I believe that you know, God doesn't just heal when hands are laid on, that you just receive that healing. As I share, you can receive that healing now. We're going to pray for healing at the end. If you want that, then come forward. Let's pray for it at the end. So if that's you, sore teeth, come through, come, come forward. So it's great to be with you guys today. We're going to be starting this series on healing and miracles that's going to, that's going to run for a while. I just want to give kind of a bit of an overview because I, I, know, I see some faces aren't necessarily haven't been here for a while for various reasons or there's some, some folks who are just visiting and I, I want to give a little bit of background to how we got here because it can be like okay well we're just kind of doing a load of this Holy Spirit stuff at the moment but the journey of actually God bringing us to this place is back in March and some of you guys will remember the story I shared that I felt like I really was going to preach on prophecy and I was going to preach on prophecy and I was sat there and God said don't preach on prophecy don't preach on prophecy so I said okay and he called he said do this series called foundations and we did this series called foundations and in that series we did five foundations and it was a great it was it was a crazy process of actually trying to do it because every single week I had no idea what I was preaching and it literally the Lord just shared and we did the foundation and it was 
I didn't even know when we were going to finish it. And it was at the end, it was on the last day, it was the, it was the morning, it was the Sunday morning, and I was prepping the preach, and I, there was a verse in that, and God just said, stop the series today, end the series today, and preach on the prophetic. And this was the, we, the last one of that um, series was called Walk in the Way of Love, though I didn't know at the time. And it was this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. They just hit me like a train, that these foundations that we'd been doing was in preparation to build this into us, walk this into us. And so we started with prophecy. It was then that you guys who've been here that prophetic series we went through and we saw people sharing words we saw people stirred in the gifts of the spirit we saw people sharing listening to god and just hearing the heart of god for that their situations outside of church and we had testimonies from the front which was awesome how it impacted people even the other side of the world when lee shared her testimony that was so great but then we also have had people inside the church in fact, it's taught me an amazing lesson of just the power of prophecy coupled with everything else. That maybe I give a word or share a sermon that touches the heart, but then God, through the prophetic, can hammer that nail in like nothing else. He can do what maybe it would take me months to try and do and speak to your heart about. But in one moment, he can take us a whole year and he can bring complete transformation. So it was awesome. It was awesome. And I know a number of you have kind of felt that zeal for prophecy. Hey, I want prophecy. I want to move in this. And as I said, we're not going to preach it every single week. But if that was you, keep fanning that into flame. If, you, if that was you and you were you're one of those people that said, hey, I want to move more in the prophetic, but just life and that stuff has kind of dampened the flame, contact me. Say, that's me and help me. And I've got a bunch of resources and and I'll, I'll, I'll walk with you in that. Well, I'll encourage you in that. We need you to do it. It's not a fun thing for you. The church needs you to do it. And so then, when we finish that, kind of over the summer, and there's been some guest preachers as well, whilst I've, I've been kind of back and forth to the UK, and they've been awesome, right? Over the summer, we've been focusing on the Holy Spirit, and particularly our identity as children of God. That theme of sonship has come up time and time and time again. And a lot of that theme of sonship and us walking with the Holy Spirit as sons of God really ties into our vision as family. Because really, whilst we have a vision for family and kids' church and marriage courses and things like that, the highest part of that vision is that we are the family of God here in this place. So to be the family of God here in Hong Kong. Because the family of God, the kids of God, we live in a different way. We're called to live in a different way. So we need to know who we are, or we needed to know who we are, before we can truly be or live as who we are. So this new series then on healing and miracles, it's a continuation of all the stuff God's been doing in us this year. It's not random. Challenging us, building us into transformation, into a different life, into that life of eagerly desiring the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy, eagerly desiring the gifts of the Spirit, not just knowing stuff and having some head knowledge about stuff, but living differently as a result, that the kingdom would come with regard to this, that the impossible is made possible, that the sick are healed.
for me, my heart is that healing and miracles is going to become normal amongst us. It's going to grow in this place. That it will be normal in your lives. I want it to be normal in your lives. I want the prophetic healing, miracles to be normal because I believe that's the environment this year has been about. About God creating this thing in amongst us and bringing that to us that we're living in. The people when they come into Destiny Church would be like, wow, God is in this place. And that there would be an authenticity to it. Not that they're saying, wow, that's amazing. Go and see those weird stuff those guys are doing. But wow, God is there. That they would experience God and find God. Not for the spectacle, but for a sign to him. That they'd say, surely God is among you. It's different. I want us to know him. I want people to know him. In the same way, I have kids. A lot of them right now. I have kids. So many of you guys have kids. I want them to know, I want them to know and be surrounded by this environment, expectant of the power of God, that they grow up in that environment where it's just their normal that God heals, that God does miracles. It's their normal to believe in God over believing what the world says. I believe also for this place that God wants his new babies, those people who are coming to faith, for this to be their normality, that they come to faith and actually they don't have any time where they think, maybe this stuff doesn't happen. So that they would never know a church environment that would be absent of power. So guys, if you haven't heard the foundation series that I spoke about a minute ago, if you haven't heard that series, please do go back and listen to it. They're not disconnected series. They build on each other. And it's important to build this, what we're speaking about today, on top of that. It's on the website, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes. I need to probably speak to Rich, probably somewhere squirreled away somewhere else as well. I say, you know, and I say go back to listen to these topics again, particularly, particularly because with something like healing and miracles, there's a danger of looking for the spectacular, that we pursue the sign and not the one that the sign points towards, that we try and use the Holy Spirit to get something done, we try and use the Holy Spirit as a means to an end rather than the presence of God being the end in itself, when it's all about Jesus. So it's not about the healing and the miracles, as awesome as they are, they're just supposed to be there when all you want is him and all you desire is him and all you see is him because that's got to be our focus all the time looking at him and you see his glory and you see his goodness and you see his victory then when we're faced with something like sickness with disease when you're faced with impossibility it's not an issue because our eyes are on something greater our eyes are on someone greater. Your eyes are on the King of Glory. Your eyes are on the Mighty One. And you just speak and stand in His victory. And expect that darkness flees. Because all sickness is darkness. What else, what else can it do? What else should we expect from it? So guys, stir yourselves. Believe today. Believe that this series will not leave you with better head knowledge. 
but that you're going to walk in this. Maybe you are walking in this to some degree. Believe that you're walking in it in a bigger way. Maybe you used to walk in it and you're not walking in it anymore. Rekindle that fire. That today, I believe, the dominion of darkness is freaking out a little because a bunch of God's children are making a stand, are saying, we're going to start to live. We're going to start to live like this. We're going to start to live in line with his word, in line with what the born-again offspring of heaven live like. That's going to freak the enemy out. So today is called Foundations for Healing. Foundations for Healing. Because we need to have a sure and strong foundation. I so appreciate the song that Sarah led us in to do with standing in foundation, the foundation of his love. It's so important that we have strong foundations when it comes to this area. We've got to build the foundations in first before we start going off down any other road. Because otherwise it can just lead us to a whole bunch of kooky stuff, some weird stuff sometimes. And you maybe go around and you probably find a lot of people who find healing and miracles, maybe even within the global church, pretty weird. But then actually, their experience has been a, a lot of charismatic, or and we are technically charismatic, a lot of charismatic Pentecostal traditions have done some maybe some pretty odd stuff. And it makes people get weirded out because of how they behaved. You know, it's okay for people to get weirded out by the gospel. It's okay for people to get weirded out by, by healing and miracles. Completely okay for that. But it isn't okay if people are weirded out because of you. It's not okay for you to be so weird that it freaks them out. You know, Jesus wasn't weird, but it is pretty weird stuff. Jesus wasn't weird. But he completely amazed people. So let's be real. Let's be normal. Walking just like Jesus. See, that's what is the foundation of the spirit for the supernatural? What's the foundation for the spirit and the supernatural? It's the word of God, isn't it? It's the word of God. The word gives us a super strong foundation to live in power from. We need to be a people of word and spirit, because in this topic, sometimes people can just go spirit and forget the word. We've got to be so strong in word and so strong in spirit. See, if you have no spirit, where's the power? Where's the life? If you have no word, where's your foundation of faith? Where's your foundation for living? Where do you get assurance that that power is there, that he's going to do it? When it comes to healing and miracles, people have had all kinds of experiences. I'm sure many people in this room have had all kinds of experiences. I know I have. People have all kinds of doubts and fears. You know, we love to see healing, don't we? It's incredible to see healing. It's incredible to see a miracle. People have, sorry, we love to see the miracle. We love to see the miracle. But then when we're asked, okay, look, there's this person over here. Could you just go and pray that their head will grow back? Right, something like that. That's a bit of an extreme miracle. But um, can you go and pray for them for healing? Sometimes it can be a bit like, ah, go away. You know, run, run. We freak us out. Despite what his word says, 
It's these word foundations that we're going to look at today. We're going to be going into them and challenging ourselves. Okay, is, is our heart, is our core belief in line with the word of God or not in line with it? Because if it's not, then we can call it rubbish, right? And we've got to dig that rubbish out and chuck it away. Because if it's a word that is contrary to the word of God, then it is said against the word of God. And you know who loves that? The devil loves that. You know what's not going to bring life? That. If there's a word against the word of God, contrary to the word of God, contradicting the word of God, and yet it's a core belief or a core thing, even if subconsciously we stand in it and live by it, it's got to be removed. So I think today, to some degree, there's going to be some repenting. I don't mean saying sorry, I mean changing our mind to do with these particular things in our lives. So let's get stuck in. That's a really long introduction, actually. Let's get stuck in and lay some of these foundations. There's a, there's a great speaker who speaks in Destiny sometimes, and his introduction is longer than my normal sermon. And, and he says, okay, now let's begin. And I think, oh my goodness, I need the toilet. So if anyone needs the toilet, please feel free to go. Um, I was joking, actually. You can't leave. So let's get stuck in and lay some of these foundations. Today I think you're going to be excitedly uncomfortable because this is what it's always done to me. I'm always excited at the Word of God and what it actually says because it's, uh, I think the New Testament we can make normal and we, but actually when you look at it, it's kind of, that is nuts. That is so incredible. It's insane. It's so good. But then also uncomfortable because uh, that means I need to live like this. That means I need to change. I need to change maybe and step out of my comfort zone. So I'm going to have a drink, so that was like a whole talk, and then we're going to start. Sorry guys, I need to blow my nose. Don't worry, we're still picking it up on the audio. Can someone bring me some more tissues actually? Anyone listening on the audio? It's a very family church, so. Okay. Oh wow, that's amazing. Whoa, everyone's gone, they're like gone to the bathroom. They're, they're gonna egg me and throw toilet paper on me. Okay guys, you're making the sermon longer by the way, just so you know. Thank you, Maida. Thank you so much. Okay, point number one. We're gonna do six points, okay? Just so you can count it all down. We're gonna do six points. God has exalted his word above his name. God's exalted his word above his name. This is a really important foundation to start with and a thing to remember. Psalm 138 to B is the back end of that in the um, New King James Version. It says, for you have magnified your word above all your name. The word of God, it is a big deal. If God exalts his word above his own name, then it is never okay. There is no way that we have the right to exalt anything else above his word, which would also be putting something above his name. See, in the context of healing, that means we never put our past experience above his word. We never put what others have taught us above his word. You know, if I'm saying something today and you're looking in the word and you find it's a contradiction and I've made a mistake because I'm a human, I can make mistakes, don't be like, well, let's forget the word because James said it. No. Believe the word. We never put a situation above his word. We never put a situation above his word. You know? The guy's got no head, Lord. Surely you can't do anything. He said he can do anything. Can't he? 
work miracles. Fair enough. You know, Lazarus was dead, wasn't he? Never put the situation. It may look like a giant to you, but it's not a giant to him above his word. We never put the words of doubting unbelievers, who maybe you are out on the street or someone who's out there, never put that above his word. Maybe a doubting unbeliever who needs healing. You know, you say, hey, can I heal for, pray for you for healing? And they're like, look, I don't even believe in that stuff. So it's, it's okay, it doesn't matter. God's bigger than their unbelief, isn't he? Just say, can I pray for you? See what happens. Let's pray. Many people struggle with stepping out. I put myself in this, all this stuff I'm preaching to myself, and continue to step out in healing after a bad experience. And it's hard. Maybe they prayed and someone didn't get well. Maybe they prayed and someone didn't get well. They prayed for that person, they didn't get well, and it was an unbelief, and they said, see, it's a load of rubbish. And they were hit by that. Maybe they prayed and someone died. I find that really hard. I don't understand. It's really hard. But that experience can never be raised over God's word. We still pray. We still keep praying. You know, some will have heard wrong teaching on healing. Maybe because a leader prayed and the person wasn't healed. And so to justify themselves, says something that takes it off themselves. They inadvertently put themselves above the Word of God. Guys, the God that is in you is just as big as the God that's in me. Just as big. Just because I'm stood up here doesn't mean I am, I've got I'm more likely to be able to heal someone when I pray for them. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. See, that's, that's a world mindset, isn't it? Just at the moment in our setting, I'm, I'm the one who's prominent, right? Everyone's looking at me. But that's a world mindset, that prominence equals power. But the kingdom is presence. Presence equals power, not prominence. Presence, the presence of God. See, and if you live a life in the presence of God, which is foundation one in the foundation series, by the way, if you live a life in the presence of God and just believe what he said, it doesn't matter if you're the quietest, most introverted, unconfident person. If you just believe him, like Gideon believed him, believe his word, power will explode out of you. Maybe you're listening and you're on the podcast. And maybe you've been part of a tradition, a church tradition, that said maybe healing doesn't exist today, gifts of the Spirit aren't around today. Truth is, tradition, it's amazing that you're still listening to the podcast actually, but tradition can never be put above your word. Sorry, his word can never be put above the word. If healing isn't part of your tradition, I want to encourage you. Don't just leave. Don't just leave your church. Don't just jump step ship. You're the one with the relationships. Just start living that life where you're at. Pray for the sick. See, the devil wants you to say, to hell with them. But Christ wants you to demonstrate heaven to them. We as a global church aren't called to say, to hell with the world. They get it so wrong. We're called to be heaven, bring heaven to them. So guys, what is it you're believing? What or who are you believing? Believe the word. Believe the word. Because he's put it above his very name. So what's the word say? Some foundations. What does the word say? 
Exod- we're going to go through a bunch of a bunch of verses here. God's word says he's the healer. Number two, that's point two. God's word says he's the healer. God's word says he is the healer. Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 15:26b says, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. He is Jehovah Rapha. It's in his character. It's in his nature. He doesn't occasionally decide to feel a bit, hey, I'm feeling in a healing kind of mood today. It's who he is. It's his nature to heal. He has the heart of a healer. It isn't just one or two random verses in the Bible either. The whole Bible is filled with declarations of God's healing. Psalm 147, 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. First Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins, this is Jesus, in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds you have been healed. Not the eloquence of your prayers. Nothing else. But by his wounds you have been, past tense, healed. See Jesus, it's the amazing thing, Jesus isn't sitting up in heaven deciding whether to heal people. So that's, I get confused why folk aren't always healed. But that decision was made 2,000 years ago. He decided to go to the cross and be beaten. It's in his nature, he decided that, that in his wounds, he would take them on, he would be beaten. And in his wounds, we are healed, that he brought healing, that sickness has been defeated, that he is the healer. He always has been. He always has been. From ages past. It's not some new thing like, hey, let's make it funky for the New Testament church. It's something that has always been said about him and his nature. From ages past, even the prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus writes this. In Isaiah 53, he writes, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. This is a prophecy of the coming Christ. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Again, by his wounds, we are healed. Praise God, we don't need to wonder if he's up for healing. If his character and his nature of who he is is chopping and changing. We know that, that he is the healer. Psalm 103, 2-3. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. All your diseases. Nothing is too much for him. Nothing is too big. God is set against disease. God is set against disease. It's not like, actually, I kind of like that one. We're going to keep that. Bit of bubonic plague. That's great, isn't it? You know? I like the pattern it makes on the skin. He doesn't do that. He's set against all disease. Jeremiah 30, 17. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Guys, we need, when we're stepping out on this journey, to know that God is the healer. That when you step out, we don't have a thought in our mind that, hmm, maybe it's his will for this person to be sick. 
Which brings us to point three. Or that he made them sick. Point three. Sickness is never from God. Sickness is never from God. I believe with all my heart that if you've ever believed that, you need to take that in your heart today. You need to repent. You need to hold that. And you need to get what I'm about to say. Because, you know, God never uses sickness or injury to teach and discipline us stuff. It makes me sad. It makes me angry when people attribute sickness, which is actually a forerunner of death in the body, to God. It's such a terribly evil lie of hell that we get the children of heaven, the children of God, his family, to speak so and believe so about their heavenly father. Be indignant, you know, in love, correct people. Because you can't fully understand the love of the father. You can't fully appreciate your adoption into sonship if you think the father could do something like that. Because it means the father, in your understanding, isn't the one that the Bible speaks about. It's not the one who Christ reveals to us. He's incredible. He's amazing. You know, if a human father, just to take that through, if a human father saw their child suffering from an allergic reaction to like nuts or something like that, bee sting, and refused to give them their EpiPen that was there just to teach them character. This is gonna, this is gonna really build some backbone in them. But actually, they don't get the EpiPen to them in time, and they die. That they have to be arrested, wouldn't he? Be put in prison. If a human father made his child sick on purpose, or maimed them on purpose to discipline them. Cut their legs off, break their legs. I'll teach them to slow down and just relax a bit. I'm just trying to teach them patience. So I broke their legs. A human father, it's called child abuse, isn't it? The guy would be sent to prison. The government would say, actually, you're, you're not really fit to be a father. And yet we attribute those kind of things to the Father in heaven. We attribute those kind of things are much worse to God often. Think now from the perspective of the father. How much does that hurt the heart of the father? See, you parents, imagine if someone lied to your kids to get them to believe that about you. You'd want to completely and utterly destroy him, wouldn't you? Right? Well, the devil has. That's what the devil's doing to us about our Heavenly Father. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. We read that, don't we? That he just walked out and he did what he saw the Father doing. That Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father. John 14, 8 to 10. It's that scene with um, Philip. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Jesus healed all who came to him, didn't he? Jesus healed all who came to him. Now think about this. If God the Father is making people sick 
and Jesus is going against the Father to heal them. Makes no sense. The, the Father is doing his work through Jesus. And so would be working against himself in this kind of really weird, make you sick, heal you, make you sick, heal you. Glorify. It's not, there's no glory in that, is there? You know? There's no glory in that. He has victory. It's not victory over himself. It's victory over darkness. Do you see how nuts that idea is about God making people sick? See, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy, didn't he? And sickness and brokenness is wrapped up in that party. And here's news, if you weren't sure about it. The father and the devil are never on the same team. They don't have board meetings or strategy meetings. They're not on the same team. They're not equally matched either, just in case you have some misunderstanding with that. They're not equally matched. Satan is not the opposite of God the Father of Jesus. He's not the opposite. He's the opposite of Michael and Gabriel. He used to be an archangel. And now he is so done. He is so defeated. It's so over. It's so over. See, Jesus defeated death, and sickness doesn't get an amnesty in that. I think it's all right. It happens today. We pray for it today. It's still there. But Jesus defeated him. We just read those verses. By his wounds, you are healed. Question is, what do we believe? What are we going to act on? Sorry, I was going to blow my nose again. I don't have a... We need to work out a way of... Um, Editing, because you guys put up with this, but other people just don't put up with this. So, sorry, guys. Number four, God's word commands us to heal the sick. It's what we're led into. It's our calling. It's our, our great commission, isn't it? Mark sixteen fifteen to eighteen says this, and he said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized." will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover do you believe the gospel do you believe the gospel you're here today just say it to yourself you don't have to say it to me but do you believe the gospel are you here today? And you say, yes, I believe. See, what does it say? And these signs, I think it's at the top of this, and these signs will follow those that believe. It's not these signs will follow those that are super spiritual Christians. These signs will follow those who read 149 verses every single day. These signs will follow those who are just apostles. And say these signs are going to follow those for the first hundred years of the church, they're not completely disappear. It says these signs will follow those who believe. That's you. That's you. If your faith is in Christ, that is you. This verse here, that is Jesus the Word, isn't it? Speaking the Word, and it's recorded in the Word. You don't get much more wordy than that. It's so word-based. It's kind of overload wordy. It's not a maybe. It's not a maybe. This should be our expectation. Jesus is, it's not a giant practical joke that Jesus is saying this, that we'd go and make fools of ourselves. 
It's the truth. Is our expectation, is your expectation in line with the Word of God or in line with something else? Maybe experience, maybe teaching that you've had, maybe repeated truisms just in your, your environment that you've been in. God doesn't heal today. God doesn't heal today. You only have to say something enough times to begin believing it, right? God doesn't heal today. Yeah, I get that, but you know, we don't see healings today, do we? I have not, I've not seen healings, maybe people would say. Well, then the challenge there is, well, when was the last time you prayed for healing? When was the last time that you told sickness to get off someone? See, often we don't experience because we don't take the risk to actually do. And we often don't do because we don't fully believe the gospel. We don't fully believe the word. We believe the salvation part. We maybe believe a whole bunch of other parts, but that power in the Holy Spirit, the defeat of sickness, the defeat of brokenness, there's something there that we're not standing on what he says, we're standing on what someone else says, or what something that we've seen. Jesus said, these signs would follow those that believe. Why would he have been lying? Pretty important, right? The stuff that's written in the Bible. Why would he have been lying? And maybe we tried it. And it didn't quite work. And from that experience, we can either say, you know, Jesus actually probably is not 100% right there. He got it wrong. Or he was, low, he, was, uh, he was just lying. It was a big joke. Classic Jesus, you know, giant practical joke. Get people to go and lay hands on people. It's not him. Or maybe we come to a point where we're like, with our experience, I don't know why that happened. But I believe you, God. I believe your word, and I'm pushing into this thing. I'm pushing into this thing that you've promised. I'm pushing into this thing to see more. I'm eagerly desiring it. You know, I think it was John Wimber who got this fire, and he prayed, I think it was like seven years for people, consistently praying and praying and praying. He didn't see one, pe one person healed. He didn't see one healing. Saw so many people remain in sickness, saw so many people die. Yeah, he carried on and carried on, and then something happened, something broke through, and you know the ministry of John Wimber, saw many, many people healed. Spend time in the Word with the Holy Spirit, and let the Holy Spirit witness to your heart about the truth of Jesus' words. So if that isn't your expectation, let's dig out the root. Why is it? Why is it? And there are many reasons. Some may be, maybe it's actually I only believe healing is going to happen in a, in a Christian setting. There's a subconscious thing that actually healing is just for in here, not for out there, not in the office, not in the street. It's only for the elders of the church to lay hands on. It's not for everyone. I mean, there is a verse that talks about come to the elders of the church, have them lay hands on you. Yeah, we pray for that. Maybe it is... You just got used to not seeing stuff happen. You know? You've just been in that environment so long that our normal is non-expectancy. Our normal is non-expectancy. What we expect is not the healing. Where we're more surprised if God actually does what his word says than if he doesn't. You know, have, you guys probably know this, when, you've, when so we all have pretty hard floors and you've got a cup or a glass and we drop the glass in the kitchen and the time it doesn't smash, hey? Does it, anyone have that? Occasionally happens to us, but since we moved to concrete flooring as opposed to wood, it's uh, 
very few and far between. But you're like, oh wow, that's a surprise because I expected that cup to be smashed into a million pieces. What is our expectancy? We shouldn't be surprised when someone gets healed. Our expectancy, our surprise should be when it doesn't happen. Okay? God, what else is going on there? Our expectancy should be the smashing of the cup, the healing that comes. Point number five Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. Jesus' life in the Gospels, when we read the Word, when we read about Him, is an example for us that we can stand on. He's an example for us that we can stand on. Yeah, James, but Jesus is Jesus. But did Jesus heal the sick as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, or did he heal the sick as God, the divine Jesus? Quite often people can look at that and say, well, you know, Jesus is Jesus. He's God. Of course he could heal the sick. Of course. But actually, Jesus on earth functioned as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, didn't he? Fully man, fully God. But when he came to earth, he laid aside his divine attributes. When he's here, he operates in the power of the Holy Spirit. He showed us what it was like for a man or a woman to walk this earth in the power of the Holy Spirit. What does it say about him? He is the firstborn among many brethren. He is the firstborn among many brethren. That's why he said things. See, we walk in the same way as him, and that's why he said things like, these things I do, and greater things than these you also will do. See, that means we can look at Jesus as our example for how we live out this normal life of healing. Did Jesus ever not pray for the sick or put conditions on the sick? No. He prayed for all who came to him. He never sent people away. No sickness was ever too big. You need to know that today. Nothing you face is too big for Jesus. It may be a Goliath compared to you, but you're not against this thing. He is. You're there in his name, not in your name. You're stood there on his behalf and standing in his authority, not in your own strength and your own authority. You're an instrument. We did this from the Holy Spirit. They led by the Holy Spirit. You're an instrument in the hand of the Lord. He is not an instrument in your hand. We sometimes mix those two up. Are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Or is the Holy Spirit leading you? Jesus never put conditions on the sick. He never said, ah, you need to change. You need to sort this part in your life out. Too big a sinner. Sorry, come back. Too big sin. That's a too big sin for me. Come back another time. It was never about them. It was always about him. He never said, you're too sinful to be healed. Come back at a later day. See, if our, depend- if our healing was dependent on how sorted we are, and this, this is an encouragement for you guys, for, you, for healing you need, for, healing, for people you pray for. If our healing is dependent on how sorted we are or how sorted they are, then the Lord is not the healer. The sick person is. 
Because they got to get, they have to qualify for the healing. They earn the healing through their works, which is so wrong. It's just not the gospel. What if they're not healed? Maybe you've experienced it. Someone's not healed. What if they're not healed? It's a such a hard question. What if they're not healed? Especially when we've gone through that. But I want to encourage you that that is never a reason not to pray for someone, not to keep praying. Instead, ask, what if they are healed? What if they are healed? What's on the line? What is on the line for that person? What may our fear at now stepping out a second time or a third time? What may our fear be denying somebody? Where's your fear in amongst this? Do you fear that awkwardness of something not happening? That, oh, okay, do you fear that? Sometimes people are like, hey, I don't want God to, God's name to be, um, people be like, oh, God's not real because that didn't happen. You know, God's big enough to look after himself and he's asked us to do this, so let, let's do it. But do we fear the awkwardness of that situation more than missing the wonder and joy that would be experienced through their healing, through that person's healing, the glory God will get? I think it's, it's a big challenge. You know, future see, look through, look through and see, see that person that you're about to pray for. Do you not pray for them because there's a fear there, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Or do you pray for them because you're like, hey, I see a future. I see, yeah, sure, you can't walk now, but I see you running with children. The, actually, the beauty that God can bring through that situation, let's fear that not being manifest more than nothing happening at all. See, am I going to put my potential embarrassment above their potential healing? Guys, can you in your own strength heal people? No, you can't. So you've got nothing to worry about. Okay? You've got nothing to worry about. Does a crane driver get embarrassed that he couldn't lift like 50 tons of cement? No, he doesn't. Because the crane broke. It's not him, it's the crane. The same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus, that was in Jesus, is in you. And it's the same Jesus living through you by his Holy Spirit working in you today. See, Jesus hasn't stopped working on the earth, has he? He hasn't stopped working on the earth. He works through his body. That's you and me. That's us by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what it's about? That we are led by the Holy Spirit into those places called to partner with God to release his power into the earth. We do that. But we don't have the power. And there's total freedom in that. There's total freedom in that stepping out and healing because we're asked to do something only God can do through you. Only God can do through you. There's no pressure. You don't need to muster anything up. There's nothing about healing that you need to be strong enough in. Because you never could be. And if you put it on your own strength, then you're trying to do it. Jesus isn't. So you just believe Jesus is strong enough. Just believe his word. Big question. Big question. How big is your Jesus? How big is your Jesus? How, you know, how much does Jesus need you? He doesn't. He just chooses to use us, doesn't he? Chooses to work through us. How big is your Jesus? Because if we doubt a healing's going to happen, two issues are going on. Either sometimes we can believe it's in our own strength. It's in our own power. So we say, actually, Jesus, step aside. I'm going to do this thing. 
even if it's a subconscious thing, that we need to add to what Christ has done to bring that healing. Or maybe there's this, potentially it can be from the past, from experience, maybe there's just something there where it's, you know, I'm not going to pray because I'm just not sure that Jesus can or, or will do it. But when you realize it's all on him, he's sufficient. He doesn't need you to complete the last bit. It ceases to become about you. You just step out in obedience, led by the Holy Spirit. But it may look silly. I may look stupid. I may be scorned. I may be mocked. I may even be attacked and hurt if I do that. And that leads us to the last point, the toughest question, the toughest lesson, point number six. And it's an, it's an important lesson because it is a gateway to risk. It is hard, and I'm not even sure if I'm fully through this yet. So I'm preaching it to myself just as much as to you guys, because this, is this isn't a comfortable one. This is the uncomfortable part. You know, what does that verse say? What does the verse say? Deny the devil, pick up your cross and follow me. Does it say that? Deny the devil, pick up your cross and follow me. Doesn't, does it? It says, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Matthew 16, 24b says, if anyone wishes to come after me, walk in his ways, right? He must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. See, that's one of the things that the gospel redeems us from. It redeems us from ourselves. Are you willing to look stupid? Are you willing to be mocked, maybe even beaten, ridiculed for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ? Challenging. Challenging. See, when we get over ourselves, we get over one of the biggest barriers to risk, to taking risk. There's so many things that we fear when we're faced with risk is something to do with ourselves and how we will be perceived. See, we tend not to take risk because we love ourselves more than what the risk will actually bring. In the case of healing, the joy and beauty healing could bring to a life. The glory that Jesus would get, the glory to God. People seeing Jesus, what he did on the cross, Lay that foundation, guys. A willingness to deny yourself. And I think, you know, that's a, you and God spend time together. Spend time in our response time. Spend time at home in prayer. Be honest. Be real. Come before it. it Maybe a process for some folks. See, would you risk looking foolish that the love of God, that Christ himself, would be revealed to someone in desperate need of healing? A selfish world, because it is very selfish in many places. There's a lot of amazing people, a lot of selfless people. But the world needs a selfless church. The world needs a selfless church. It needs us as a body to be selfless in that. We've died to self. We know that, don't we? We've died to self. What's your hope of glory? It's not you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul wrote, didn't he, about his life, and he wrote, I no longer live, but Christ, sorry, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That isn't a challenge 
to be weird. It's not a ta- challenge to be weird and offensive. Sometimes we can go down that road where we have to be as offensive as possible to be really Christian, but it's not true. It's not a challenge to be weird. It isn't a challenge to go and get persecuted. It just may happen. The thing is, it's a challenge to have a foundation in your life to be Jesus to the world, to obey the word, to believe the word, to do what he's calling us to do and not let self get in the way of what God wants to do in you and through you. So I encourage you guys, be real, be cool. Many of you guys are cool. All of you guys are cool. Be authentic, be like Jesus. That's what the world needs. It doesn't need us to try and be something or start a particular program or something like that to encapsulate this thing. It just needs us to be the children of God in this place, his family in this place. Because often when we try and do something, it just ends up looking a bit strange. See, the world needs us to be the family of God here in Saikung, here in Hong Kong, and live like it. To do that, we need strong, sound foundations. So guys, I'm going to invite Sarah back up and we're going to go into some ministry time. And I know this, this topic isn't, it's not an easy one. It's challenging. It's a challenging topic. So we're going to go into ministry time. If you're here or you're listening to the podcast and you're saying, you know, actually, I'm not a Christian. I don't. I don't even know what a Christian does. I don't follow. I don't. I don't. I don't really know about Christianity. But I want to follow Jesus. This thing that you've been speaking about has captured my heart. I want to follow Jesus. I'm just going to give an opportunity. We're just going to pray together. I'd like pray that prayer after me. Pray it under your breath, just as heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And it's the start of a journey. It's you just saying to God, God, I love you. I believe you're my savior. I want to I know you. So if that's you and you're here or you're listening on the podcast, just, just say this after me. If you're here, you can say it under your breath. It says, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. so that I could have relationship with the Father. I make you Lord in my life and I choose to follow you from this day forward. Thank you for making me your child. bow the knee to you today. Amen. Guys, just if everyone here just closes their eyes. If anyone did pray that, just everyone's eyes are closed. If anyone prayed that, just pop your hand up in the air. And if anyone's on the podcast and you're listening um, and you prayed that, please send us a message. Love to hear from you. We'd love to pray with you love to connect with you and maybe help you connect to, uh, to another church wherever you are at. Guys, so we're going to go into a response time now. 
If there are any of those foundations that need to be established and grounded in your life, if there's things that you feel, I need a change, just take time with the Holy Spirit just to make that decision. Just let Him speak to you. It's between you and God. So, okay, yeah, that area, that particular thing. I'm not really for your word as the ultimate. If you need healing for anything, or you want prayer for something else, we're going to go around now. We're going to pray for folks. If you want someone to come and pray with you specifically about healing or about anything else, if you just put your hands open, palms facing up in your lap, and someone will come around and pray with you. So guys, we're going to we're going to come around, we're going to pray for you, but you can be healed right now. You can be healed right now, just receive that healing. I believe if you're listening to this podcast, it, it may be weeks or months or years after today, it's the same Holy Spirit, you can be healed right now. You can be healed right now. Really, people listening, people here right now are getting healed because that's what the Holy Spirit does, it's His nature, it's what He does. Come Holy Spirit, I just ask healing into this place. So let your healing wind blow in this place. Healing wind blow in this place. Even in those areas and those maybe those things, those sicknesses which are potentially even embarrassing, God, that we don't want to share. We don't want to speak them out to someone else. Come and heal those things right now, Jesus, in your name. Heal those things right now. Guys, if there's someone who's been on that journey with you, and um, you've been praying with them, get them to pray with you, it's fine. There's, um, we don't need a, doesn't need to be me or, or Angel who comes and prays, it could be anybody. I'm just gonna pray guys, then we'll go into this time. Lord, thank you for just your power and your might, God. And I ask in Jesus' name, healing, healing in this place. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that healing would just come into this place. Holy Spirit, come and flood this place. Bodies restored. Minds restored. Emotions rebalanced. Lord, psychological challenges, psychological problems completely broken in Jesus' name right now. Health through all the systems and the bodies, God. Breakthrough now, Jesus. In your name. Amen.